Right back at it on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Frank the Tank, Baraska, Derek Brandeo with you for the next two hours. For the first hour, it is our Leaf edition. Toronto Maple Leafs will face the St. Louis Blues as they make their only visit to Toronto. Leafs looking to get back on track as we await D-Day for Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. Decision day. We know that uh, the hearing went on early this afternoon, lasted about 30 minutes. Okay. Snowstorm made it Zoom. Snowstorm made it Zoom. So the Leafs wanted to go down there and have a little yeah. face-to-face because huh. there is the thought that they were very animated in terms of feeling very strong that this should not be a lengthy suspension, and the best way to do that is eye to eye. I bet you Brandon Shanahan, having been there, encouraged Riley to say, I think it's worth it. Remember David Perron didn't go? And I remember thinking at the time, like, boy, you should go be there for that and stand up for yourself. But Riley was going to go by all accounts. Yeah, and the, the weather stopped him. Yeah. So yeah, the weather that we're supposed to get on Thursday is supposed to be snowy here. You see, I'm just trying to share my screen. Yeah. Can you see? Oh. This is the hearing. Can you see what I'm seeing? You can't. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's just working from home today, boys. <laughs> sound, sounded like a very business-like Zoom call. I don't think uh, there's a lot of yelling and screaming or furniture being broken in the background. So uh, lasted probably about half an hour. Who do you think? Who all would be involved in that meeting from the Leafs side? Uh, Morgan, of course, would yeah. have to state his case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Tree Living, perhaps Brendan Shanahan. I have no confirmation on that, but I would think Brendan would want to be on it in some way, shape, or form, just in terms of giving Morgan support. You'd have George Peros, Stefan Cantel, um, Patrick Burke, I imagine. Yeah. I, yeah, and, and uh, members of the Players Association. Yeah. Can I ask you why... This is taking so long. Is it just have because, the time to because they have the time? Like it it's just, always about the schedule. It feels like to me. Is it always about the schedule? Always about the oh, schedule. Okay. All right, right. Do you play the next night, or in this case for the Toronto Maple Leafs, it goes from Saturday to Tuesday. They take the extra day. Mm. I guess uh, just, the idea that it's going to be less than one game was not an option on the scorecard. Uh, yeah, I guess like yeah. It just feels like they've really left a lot of time. For us, yeah. For people like, they're. I guess this is why maybe the least lead the league in the suspensions because it's just the discourse on this. And it's tiresome. It's you know there is you know a lot of different opinions from a lot of different sides on this, and it just feels like if a Phoenix okay. of an Arizona Coyote did this, we wouldn't be talking about it. Well, very of much. course, there's nothing that that can grasp the attention than controversial play against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But also, it has major ramifications for this Leafs team. He plays the whole game for them. He's their most important defenseman, maybe their most important player. And they're on the cusp of playoffs. 
This is a massive. Uh, no, 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 no. You're you exaggerating. This. You're exaggerating. You keep saying this because you want it to be more dramatic when you're they no. are on the you're, cusp. You're couching it. Big and this time. is the same with the Tavares going to be point per game thing. It's it's not a lock, yeah, like, my friend. Like when he said the Leafs should sweep the Panthers, <laughs> like 32 <laughs> games. Uh, they got. They're not on the cusp. They've got 32 games. Yeah, to go in either direction. That's how <laughs> how it works. You're not assured an upward ascent over 32. Buddy, they got the Ducks, the Blues, the Coyotes, teams they should beat the next five games, and they're can Timothy we, Lilligren's on the top Can pair. we have this conversation after five games? We, no. No, no, no. No. Jake McCabe's on the first power play unit tonight, Nick. This is <laughs> this matters. Okay, so uh, that's How many games, by the speak way? Speak hypothetically. Give me, Give me your prediction. I think they go one less than Perron at five. five. But here's the but. Like, too much. I oh listen. I I don't like. I didn't like Perron's at six. It's too but much. Did they box themselves into a corner here with needing to match Perron? He could get six. Morgan Riley could get six just to say that it ticked all the same boxes as Perron. Therefore, we're going to stay consistent. Or do they go a little less because it's it's Morgan Riley? The guy had two penalty minutes, for God's sakes. Uh, well, that's a big part to me. Like, Perron didn't have a suspension history, but he had a, a history of being a... No, I think there was a retaliatory... Uh, there was one thing. Something. But he had, and he also He's had a greasy. history of being greasy. He's greasy. You know, Riley took his first penalty in game 41 this season. Um, can I just ag- address something that I've seen a lot amongst Leafs Nation? Of course. Is the chase on play. Where there's, did you see that clip, Kipper, of the chase on yeah, cross check? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know who was in the lease that he got. He cross checked yeah. somebody and it was one game suspension. It was Jimmy VC, thank you, Derek Brandale, that he cross checked. That cross checked him. That, that cross checked They might as well show it in black and white. Well, it's no. like a million years ago. It's like it's not even counting. My point is, who do you Leaf Nation are lying to themselves. If they think that's even close to as bad as Morgan Riley's, yeah. but Morgan Riley's is much worse than what Jason did. Like, sure, it's a cross check to the head, kind of. It's it's a similar thing. I would but it's say not the, even the close. clip of Wayne Simmons getting cross checked yes. that's out there is pretty egregious. That one's worse for a zero for sure. Hit. But I, I just that one, but. just seems like we don't we only can compare it to maybe the latest suspension or the one mm-hmm. behind it. But when you start going back a year, two, three years, it's almost as if. It's dated. Well, we'll have Elliot on today. Elliot Friedman's going to join us in the second hour. But one of the things that he talked about is how, you know, people are appealing suspensions more now. They just never did that. And three of the last four, maybe, or three of the last three have all been appealed. And so now there's this, like, desire to have precedent, to have, you know, something to compare it to previously. So, Listen, make them work. Yeah, sure. make everybody work. Yeah, and that's fine. But and, I, and, and get it down on paper. But things are changing, right? Like the, I yeah. agree that super old ones are not super helpful. And it's uh, and it's not to uh, save a game or two mm-hmm. the appeal, and it's not to necessarily even try to save a few bucks. Although that's that's a nice bonus. Mm-hmm. It's just to get them to write it down on paper. So I don't even know if I asked you guys. What do you think it should be? If you were George Peros, what would you give him, Kipper? Yeah, I'd be in the two to three range. Uh, exact same sp- yeah. pocket for me. I'd say three. Yeah. three. Yeah. I'd hear both arguments for sure, but 
no injury, Riley's history. I think it's more one hand than two yeah. on the cross check that gets rid- like, ridden up. Just please, please just acknowledge that Ridley, Greg, touches his dick first. Made a dick move. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> just acknowledge it. Say, so, you know, you kind of had, goes, as, as you, the video you, shows, you kind of had something coming. Yeah. You know, just acknowledge that. We don't condone cross checks to the head. But, but Ridley, the video clearly shows yeah, we have a bit hey, of a hey, dick come move. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Play your teammates' comments here, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, everybody believes it was a dick I, move. I heard Braden Shen today. His comments on it were basically like that it was embarrassing yeah. what, what Greg did. Like, he he was really opposed to so, the idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As the video shows, he was a total hot shot. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> but like, we're okay but, with what you did. We're okay with what you did. But just know that something's coming yeah. and if you want to turn around and fight them yeah we welcome that because we love the battle of ontario yeah, and even it's back, baby. Say, like even if you wanted to fight him you know i talked to my dad today who you know played for a lot of years and his comment was very similar to yours yesterday which was like the art of goading someone into a fight is kind of lost and my dad said the the best play is just a glove on punch you know you start with a good punch to the face with the glove on you're not getting suspended for that and <laughs> then you're go saying, from there and if you're willing to get the gloves <laughs> off at that point now we're in one yeah, you, you know i'd rather get punched bare knuckles than a glove yeah the the insult what's that we're having the glove on is more insulting or no just no feels no worse? no no you could do a lot of damage with a glove yeah like if i point my thumb in the right direction <laughs> yeah, i could hard, I, I like, like you, you can't see for weeks out of one eye <laughs> uh, like Kipper, i just you... poked that thing right into your skull mr kiprios <laughs> are you speaking from experience by any chance <laughs> yeah it's dangerous <laughs> yeah, yeah, gloves yeah. are dangerous but a knuckle sandwich i can deal with it's not viewed the same is it like a glove on punch is viewed as much more acceptable yes yeah i'm fine with that too yeah uh, um, but yeah, no, I'm two, three range. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think it'll end up being five. The, the Perron thing at six has really put Morgan Riley in a tough situation where I, I don't anything lower than Perron. The the perception is going to be that they caved to well, the Leaf. The guy uh, Perron hits nation. isn't looking. He doesn't even know what's coming. And it's also the wrong and individual. It's the wrong individual. Yeah, God, that's a lot. That makes it worse. So the yeah. feeling the feeling is that uh, we will hear something tonight. We want to turn the show. I don't Let's know go. if we're going to get it before what? the show. Let's send some texts here soon. And see it would would it surprise you if it uh, came down like ten minutes into the first period? No, <laughs> no is the answer. It would not surprise me at they, all. If it's not before puck drop at seven p.m. for St. Louis, cowards. It has to be after the game. They'll do whatever the hell they want. I, you think? <laughs> yeah, just, you're right. Just they know what they're going to give them. Put it out there now. The meeting's over. They know what they're going to oh, give them. Oh, no. They're, they're going to take the time because they're going to want to put a video together to explain it. Oh, they're just... They're, 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 they got to make content. Get the content ready. Oh, God. I'm really dreading this As one. the video okay. shows. Have they you, already know the clips. As the video shows, have you Sam actually, McKee is pissed off. When was the last time you actually we do not agree to that? <laughs> to those videos? Yeah, that you do, are you a listener no, of the explanation? Great, no, it's a great question because I don't anymore. No. think anybody would be interested I did, in it? I did for a long time when they were new and whatever, and now I, I don't know. Because <laughs> I remember Shanny doing it. I remember being Shanny's voice. Remember he used to like, he used to narrate them when he yeah. was the guy. 
Remember when it first I came think, out, he I started it. I don't watch them because I know it's what Patrick the, Burke that the does cause all of them now, right? I think right? Yeah. can tell, isn't it? Oh, is it Burke? I'm not sure. Yeah. We do not agree. Whose voice is that? That's whoever it is that's still doing yeah. it. So, so, there you go. All right, let's go to Sheldon Keefe for our first Kippers Clipper of our show on playing without Morgan. It gets the team's attention, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and uh, you know, you can galvanize or rally around that. Um, in my time here, the team has done that quite well. You know, uh, I referenced it yesterday, right? Last season, we had a number of injuries on defense. And uh, guys came in, did a good job. Everybody around them played better. Ended up being one of our best stretches of the season at a time when, you know, it could have gone real bad. You know, the team was trying, kind of trying to find its way. Uh, you know, and then even this season, we had injuries on defense as well this season. And, and uh, you know, we were... We're unsure about our depth on defense, and then guys come in and do a really good job for us. And, in fact, you know, you look at, at the case like Benoit, he sort of hasn't looked back from that. So, you know, in some of these cases, some great things can come up. I can see this happening. I said to McHugh before we came in to do the show here that one of two things is happening tonight. You're going to get an awesome Leafs game, like you know, one of those times when the Blues are red hot coming to town, the Leafs are with O'Reilly, the exact spot that you get, like, the best Leafs version of them. They surprise you. Or, or Dennis <laughs> door Hilde- number two. Or Dennis Hildeby's in net before the second period. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, Blues man. Have, those are your two outcomes. Blues have won five straight on the road, Kip. They're won seven of their last eight. They are coming in really hot. They're on playing the well for, for, for Drew Bannis. I, I just, I don't know. For remind people for who Drew Bannister. He is the coach the head of St. Louis Blues. Yes. He did not know that. Yeah. So it was last year they lost Morgan Riley for what seventeen games. Yeah, and they were awesome. No, it was I think it was fourteen, fifteen. They went twelve and two, I think. Oh, I think they went yeah. better than that. Yeah, because it they? was there. It was that November where they were red hot, and then they went into Arizona and lost the first game. He came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the conversations we had last year, like. Are we sure? There, I, uh, I feel so dumb. So I, I, th- I think they went something <laughs> like 14-2-1 or something. Yeah, they were really good. Really good. Ass. So, yeah, it's possible, right? But well, Lilligren hasn't been very good, and, and he's going to be asked to play top pair that, of minutes. That, or... that, that stretch, too, was like like phenomenal defensive coverage mm-hmm. that we've seen in many, many years. And it maybe just speaks to... The sense of urgency when you lose a Morgan Riley. And that's what I, why I think tonight could be a surprisingly good game. When everyone's like, no passengers, we need everyone without Morgan, and all of a sudden you put together a great effort. Um, one interesting note uh, is that Jake McCabe is replacing Riley on the top power play unit. Does it surprise you that Timothy Lilligren isn't the guy being given the look? given kind of what, you know, he seems like maybe they're more offensive guy. McCabe, you think of him as a defensive type of guy. Do you want the really exciting answer? Yeah. No. Doesn't surprise you. Doesn't surprise you. Because? Because I've watched Lilligren play for the last month. Yeah, so this is more about Lilligren than McCabe to you? For sure. Like, I just don't, like, I don't know what Kipper thinks, but I, if there's one guy on the on the decor that's shown that he's, like, proved his way up to that top unit. It's him. Yeah. Timmons is out for however long with Mono, so he's not going to be able yeah, to Yeah, Connor do it. Timmons out for indefinitely yeah. again. Which, so, you know, feel for that guy. Yeah. God, he's had a tough run. But I, I don't think there's anyone else you'd go to unless you're going to do five forwards, which we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with Sammy that uh, I do believe that Lilligren will get good looks on the power play tonight. I think it's wise 
to not announce it or tell anybody. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. I think hmm. because he's got enough on his plate right now between his ears and yeah. maybe his ankle. Yeah. He's, okay. He's not playing well. He's making some bad decisions. I don't know where he is on percentages of feeling great on the ankle, but the last thing you need to do is to tell the whole world. And Lilligren's going to come in yeah, he's and been terrible, save but here's the day more, on yeah. the power play. Okay, yeah. so this is totally random little bits. You can do useful or useless on this for yeah. me. Um, in 124 minutes for Morgan Riley, they've scored 26 goals, the Leafs, of power play time. That's a goal roughly every yep. 4, 45 of ice time. Lilligren, uh, it's... Uh, 11 minutes, a goal roughly every 11 minutes of power play ice time he yep. gets, which is obviously twice as bad. Uh, Jake McCabe, three goals they've scored in his seven minutes of power oh play ice time. Two minutes and 20 seconds per is the actual exact number. Look <laughs> at this guy here. Jake McCabe is Kale McCarr. <laughs> He's been waiting in the wings. I love, by the way, big McCabe guy. He I can think shoot he, the puck. He can shoot it. Yeah. He can shoot it. He, I think he can shoot it in the net. He's, he shot it over 92 miles per hour in game once this season. He's I, yeah. I like it, so give yeah. it a try. And as for five forwards, they've only been five forwards for less than a minute, I think 20-some seconds of ice time this year. But last year, they went five forwards fairly often with Michael Bunting. Yeah. And when they did that, not a ton of success. Lower success rate than the first unit and their second unit, and they gave up a couple shorties. So we can listen to Sheldon, who talked a little bit about that as well. On the idea, uh, clip number three on potentially playing with five forwards on the power play. Slow an option for us. Uh, quite honestly, it's something for, it's specific to how St. Louis penalty kills and how we, how we feel. Uh, how we feel we need to play against them. They're, they they create a lot of offense on their penalty kill, so that's one thing to be aware of. But just some of the some of the uh, nuances in in the zone, uh, we don't we think it's it's better for for us to have have our forwards play in more, more natural positions. And, and McCabe as a left-hander uh, with that group is more similar to Riley. Um, so it came down to the kind of a handedness thing for us with debated Lilligren or McCabe. But we'd like uh, for, for today's game and for this opponent uh, with going with a more, of a, you know, more of a traditional look for us. St. Louis second in the league in shorthanded goals. Yeah, they got 11 already. The Leafs only have five, and they roll out Marner and sometimes Matthews and Nylander. Yeah. St. Louis looked pretty good, and I know it was Montreal yeah. on the weekend, but they're coming in feeling pretty darn good here. I, 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 I think as long as the power play doesn't look leaky, yeah, it's that, fine. I think that's part of the McCabe thing, too. They're right. like, you just... Make sure no one's behind yes. you and let the other guys do the thing they do. They don't. Uh, if you get to hit it, great. You, hit it. They, it's not that, like. That's not really how he works. McCabe? Yeah. Like, you don't think they're going to put him out there and be like, I'll be a good boy. Like, he is going to be. Jumping? He'll, he'll be, no, jumping. He'll he'll be down be below boy. the goal line no one time. Way. Oh, Edison, He'd be if so he nervous is. to be out there for the first time, he won't do that. Okay. Not my Jake McCabe. Okay. I'm putting Carlton in. The bear, <laughs> if, if I see him yeah, gambling. McCabe cannot take a risk. I, no one behind you. Okay. We've been watching him for a year, boys. You're making it seem like that's a crazy prop thing that happened. Well, but a He's five a on five is different He's from... a gambler. Yeah, he'll, he'll roll the dice here Anyways, and there. But I just think it's within the enough, realm no, of This ain't his spot to yeah. roll it. you got to now look at the team collectively with the loss of Morgan Riley, and it's okay to just look at the blue line, but 
this isn't this is going to be a night when all the forwards are going to have to come back and help mm-hmm. and they're going to have to have better back pressure i i get that uh you know sheldon still wants maybe a a, a stretch pass to break out but you got to make sure that puck comes out before you start blowing zones tonight i, I listen it try to win the game 2-1 it's okay mm-hmm. it's all right just tonight's about not giving them chances or not shooting yourselves in the foot that's what tonight should be all about well and as you mentioned off the top of the show this is where they did that their best without morgan riley in the past they said we need to tighten up and they have shown that they're able to do it so yeah you'll see a full effort you get david camp back tonight which is big it's crazy how different the lineup looks with and without him so you know, at least you feel like you have someone else that's defensively responsible. Mark Giordano is going to be back mm. as well. Um, you know, whatever you think of him, he is defensively responsible as well. So you, you got enough guys to help contain the Blues. All right. Have we played uh, uh, Sheldon on uh, the elevated roles? We have not. All right. Let's hear what his thoughts are on the rest of the hockey club. Well, I think it's a combination of things. Uh, first thing is to not try to do too much and, I, you know, not feel like the responsibility is bigger than anything that you're capable of. It's more so just getting out there and playing. And as I said yesterday, sometimes for some players, it actually works out better because you're, you're just thinking less. You just, you have to go, you got to keep going. You don't have time to get in your head. And if you make a mistake, you're likely going right back out. Like it's sometimes, you know, when some of these things happen and you just have no choice, but to count on others, uh, it can, it can benefit. Uh, guys, and in other, in, in some cases too, guys just get really excited, you know, about a chance to go out and and show they can play. Everybody's looking for more opportunity always. You know, whether you're going well or not so well, guys want to play. You guys want to play a lot, and um, you know that's uh, you know that's that's where we're at here. And um, you know, I'm excited for for the for the team to go out and respond. One of the guys that is playing a lot more. In the last couple of games, Max Domi. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd like to see him up with Matthews and Marner. Me too. I'd, I'd, I'd drop Nyes. Me too. Yeah. I, you know, there's nothing to be married to with a Gregor Domi Robertson line. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's not giving you a no. whole lot. So you might as well, you know, Domi, you said, been playing, what, 17 minutes a couple think, of games? Yeah, yeah 16, 17. You know, uh, Against Ottawa? Every time he's on the ice with Mitch Marner, whether it's them connecting directly or not, they seem to have good things happening. It's two really good passers, you know, with the best shooter on earth. So I don't hate the idea. I'm not sure who goes to get the puck, but hopefully you just have it all the time. Um, yeah, there, there could be some potential there to really unlock a guy like Domi who hasn't, hasn't created as much offense as he's probably wanted to because he's been on the bench too much. Yeah, I just think that it feels like there's a natural fit there with him passing to Austin Matthews and and it's not going to help Matthews' assist numbers, Kipper, but I think it'll be good for him to sauce a couple to Matthews. So Matthew Nye has been better, though. You know, I think worth scored noting that. Saturday. Yep, scored uh, the other night, had an assist. You know, just, just looks a little bit more energized to me. You see in that, Kip, a yes. little bit of second win from here, from, from him? Yep, absolutely. And, uh, again, I think... Uh, Again, Nyes is still a bit of a project here, guys. Just in terms of now, you gotta you gotta back him off a little bit too. I, I just don't think that. Which is they made the decision to rest him during the All Star break, and I get that. In terms of coming out of college, 
You made it abundantly clear my season would have been over this time last year at the halfway mark. Uh, yeah, he could have gone and played a few games for the Marlies, but they didn't want to put the, the extra weight on his shoulders of uh, wear and tear or just the mental yeah. battle. So just back him off a little bit and put a guy that's been in the league almost 10 years in Max Domi. Last one, I know we're going to go because we got to get to Doug Armstrong on the other uh, side, president of Hockey Ops and general manager for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Samsonov tonight? Um, yeah. You know, is there a scenario where they just say, look, you're the guy, you're in there if you give up eight? Or do you think this is a scenario where he could get the hook if he's bad? Yeah. Um, again, they, they got a rookie in Dennis Hildeby. Uh, Hildeby, uh, yeah. Hildeby. The Hildebeast. I think... It, it's a last resort to want to put him in his first NHL game cold. in a cold and down for nothing. So I, I think like the roof's got to completely cave in. One of those ones where they say, Samsonov. sorry, Samsonov. Sorry about your mental state. If, if uh, five's going in, it's 10. But yeah, that to me is. It's not ideal. Li- it's the wrong line of thinking. It's because, it's, I mean. If you need, I mean, when's Wall back? Like, I know he's practicing, but, like, you need Samsonov. I, like I think you're still in protect Samsonov mode yeah. here versus Hildeby. No? No, I think it's a good point. It depends if you've given up on him or not. Listen, Listen you, you, could, you can do a lot of damage. If you think that you've made good strides in the last three weeks or a month with Samsonov, there is potential to do a lot of damage tonight. Yes. So... I don't know what the answer is. I, I think you just gotta you gotta read the vibe tonight. And Sheldon needs to throw in the towel. It, that's his job. That he's paid to do that. I think you know if you're the Leafs, you got to give up under 25 shots to St. Louis tonight. The Blues are 22nd in the NHL in goals for per game. Like it needs to be. You need to protect Samsonov tonight. We we think Joseph Wall is close. Yeah. So, like next week, he could be. What's the weekend like? Ducks Saturday. Ducks Saturday, and then Tuesday. He is in practice. Yes. Uh, so St. Louis tonight, mm-hmm. uh, f- in Philly Thursday, mm-hmm. and then Saturday at home at the Ducks. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't think he can look past the next two games and then reassess. And if 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 it's not pretty in that for you. Mm-hmm. You may have to go to Joseph Wall as early as Saturday night. Mm. The Wall and the Beast as a tan- playoff tandem. Here it comes. All right, let's go. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And as uh, my good buddy JB mentioned, Doug Armstrong, president of Hockey Operations, St. Louis Blues, and they are hot after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Toronto Maple Leafs are set to do battle against the St. Louis Blues, who make their only visit to Toronto as the Leafs look to get back on track. Now joining us. Let's welcome in the president of hockey operations, general manager of the St. Louis Blues, Doug Armstrong. So, Army, you you beat Buffalo on Saturday. You crushed the Canadians seven two on Sunday. You've won seven of the last eight. How how's the rebuild going? 
<laughs> well, the last couple of weeks it's been going well. <laughs> no, the guy the guys have really uh played well recently. Uh we had a good road trip prior to uh our um, All-Star break. We laid an egg against Columbus just the night before uh uh, we we took off, but uh, re- responded with two good games after, and it'll be a great test uh, tonight. Actually, we have our next uh, four games kipper are, are going to be real good test. We have uh, Toronto twice, Edmonton, and then a, a Nashville team that we're competing against for a playoff spot. So, uh, I guess every game's important, but these next four should uh, should give us a good uh, test. Yeah, Doug, you guys are in the second wild card spot right now. Where are you uh, compared to where you expected to be this season? Is this about uh, par for the course, or are you guys happily, you know, or pleasantly surprised with how well you're doing? No, uh, we thought that we would be competing for that uh, one of the wild card spots mm-hmm. uh, going into the year. I thought that Colorado and Dallas were going to be the the, the premier teams in our division. Uh, when I did say that in September, I also thought that uh, Winnipeg might be trading Shifley and Hellebuck, and they doubled down right. there. So I got to I got to give them a ton of credit. They they've had a great year too. And uh, and then you see a team like Vancouver that that's uh, uh, you know playing great and and uh, maybe uh, unexpectedly at the top of, of of where they are. We thought we'd be competing with them, but they've taken a different step. So. All in all, I think we're we're in a good spot. I think uh, a place that we thought we'd be, we traded a lot, away a lot of good players last year at the deadline and uh, have created growth opportunities for some of our younger players. And we're living and dying with some of those um, some of those decisions. And uh, but it, we, I like our veteran group, and I think we can stay competitive for a, for a playoff spot from here to the rest of the year. Now, now is, is a guy like Robert Thomas uh, is still a youngster, or is just a, a a guy that's you know coming on, or or is he just ready for prime time right now? Because every time I watch you guys, uh, I, I can't stop watching him. Yeah, I would say he's been in the league a long time uh, because he came as a 19 year old. Uh, in 2019 when we won and uh so he's got a lot of experience but he's still at a tender age so i just think uh probably this year might be the first year or next year is where he's going to feel the most comfortable for the better part of six or seven years so uh, he's entering the spot right now i think getting into the all-star game was a great accomplishment and doing it in toronto in his hometown and uh um the level of competition I thought in this year's all-star game was uh, the highest it's been. And just being able to rub shoulders with those guys, I think is great for him. And you're right. He's our, he's a player that, that I enjoy watching every night. Uh, you would have competed against Adam Oates, but there's a little bit of Adam Oates in him. Uh, Kipper. He just has ability to find plays and to find scenes and to find people uh, um, is, is, is at the top of the NHL. And uh, I think one of the, he's one of those younger players now that with the NHL, the, uh, saying that they're going to go to the Olympics. He's a player that I hope and um, I hope sees himself as someone that can continue to push and strive to be on teams like that, uh, whether it's the, the Four Nations tournament, the Olympics, or any international events. Uh, he's represented uh, Canada in the past very well, and uh, him and Cairo, and there's a whole a host of people that are looking forward to doing that, and we're, we're happy we got a couple of them. Well, that's interesting. I actually, um, I'm, I wanted to ask you about Jordan Biddington because, you know, when everyone makes Team Canada's right now, they go, but who's going to play goal? And Biddington, you know, not that far removed from a Stanley Cup and having a very good season. Tell, tell us about his year. I should say st- statistically having a good season. T- tell us about what you've seen out of him this season. Yeah, he's been very good for us. I think, quite honestly, last year uh, uh, he he probably 
except in the most of the brunt of our of our poor play in front of them, we give up uh, way too many grade eight chances. I think we're at the bottom part analytically in uh, slot chances against and high scoring danger chances. And we cleaned up our game, and, and he's responded by playing very well. I think him and uh, uh, Joel will forgive us a really good uh, one two punch there. They push each other, and uh, I think Bennington, you know. Is, is going to be in that conversation. I, uh, with, with with other players, obviously, Hill had a great year and, and Kemper's won a Stanley Cup. And you, you go back, uh, they, they talk about um, not a shortage of, of goaltenders, but I think besides Vasilevsky, there hasn't been many other countries that have had a Stanley Cup winning goalies lately either. So mm-hmm. I think we're in a pretty good spot there. But I think Bennington has done a really good job and he's certainly... Um, putting putting his best foot forward for for not only our team but for whatever comes internationally. We're talking to Doug Armstrong, president of hockey operations, general manager for the St. Louis Blues uh, Army. You, you had to make a very difficult choice of of changing your coach uh, this year, and Craig Berube, Stanley Cup champion, and of course you you do make the big bucks as you made big decisions like that, uh, but you know all, all kidding aside here, um, and this isn't me fishing on on what. Uh, Craig Berube did wrong or why you made the change but I'm just you know there's a lot of markets including this one here and sometimes they just they think the easy decision is just change the the coach and you know some teams um, have that type of pressure or at least when do you kind of look at something I got to think as a president or a GM it's got to be one of the hardest decisions for for that to be made and when do you know and when do you not know and when do you sit there and go is it is it the players is it the effort is it the system it's got to be one of the toughest decisions you'll ever make at your position yeah it, it is the, the most uncomfortable because you you get a partnership and uh you know the reality is and it's not tongue-in-cheek like you, for me I, I talked i talked to the head coach when i talked to my wife because every day there's something to talk about every day mm. There, there's something that we're going to we're going about, and uh, you build that relationship up with 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 uh, with your coach. And then Craig and I went back to in, in 2016. He was doing some scouting for us. Then he then he went to coach our American Hockey League team, and he came up as an associate coach, and he takes over as a head coach. So we he and I had a long relationship, and that's the last thing you want to do. But there, you get to a point where you've you've tried to you that organization that you've worked with with each other. You've tried to push and prod and do different things. And at some point you have to make uh, a drastic change. And uh, th- it's not, it's not a fun decision. You know, I had to do that in the past with a good friend in Ken Hitchcock. Uh, Craig, uh, you know, will always be credited for winning our, our first and only Stanley Cup in St. Louis so far. And uh, he's a great coach and you're, you're right. He did nothing wrong. There's not, it wasn't like the, that Craig Berube was doing things wrong. We just weren't responding uh, as, as a team, as an organization, and unfortunately, we had to try something drastic to get our, ourselves back on track. At the at the end of the day, less of a checklist or a check a box, and more of a gut feel. The way you work, that, that's why I work. Yeah, and I, I've talked to other managers that uh, they say, "How do you know?" And I say, you, "You just know. Just one day, you wake up and you you feel that it's it's time and." You want to make that be the the last the last decision you make, meaning you, you've gone through everything else. But there just becomes a time where you you feel you owe it to the organization and to the fan base, and to to see if you can get things back on track. And 
it's it, it, it seems like it's a reflection on the coach, but it's a reflection on the organization as a whole. And ultimately, the coach is you change the coach, but it's not the coach's fault. It, the coach just is at the at the crosshairs of change. Do you think that a coach can change their ways in season? Like if something's not working, do you think it's possible for a coach to say, all right, I'm going to be a stricter coach or I'm going to change to an offensive system? Or do you think guys are just kind of comfortable being the way they are and take it or leave it? I don't think it's take it or leave it. I think people want to evolve and they want to change. I think everyone wants to to change. But when you've had success and when you've had a relationship with a lot of players for a long time, what you don't want to be is disingenuous to who you really are. Uh, Craig has a style. He, he's open. He's firm. You know, he has a strong belief in veteran players. And that belief was was uh, was well earned by those players too. And so he had the he had the you know he wanted to give them the, every opportunity. And this wasn't just something that happened this year. Last year, uh, you know, we thought we were going to be in a different spot. We had good players in O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Achari and Barbashev and Mikola that we traded the deadline because we weren't having a good year. And it just felt that. You know, we had to make a change. But as far as I, I think Craig has evolved, he and, and he and I worked a lot over the summer trying to get to to know what makes these younger players tick right now and how we can help them get the best out of their career. So, but at the end of the day, I think Craig Berube has, has the greatest success when he's Craig Berube and not trying to be anybody else. And I would say that any coach or manager, uh, if, if you try and be somebody you're not, uh, I think people read through that quickly. Army, you mentioned the schedule, the next, uh, what, four games, including uh, Toronto Maple Leafs twice. Uh, that starts tonight. Uh, you're going to dictate your approach to the trade deadline through the next four games. Will they play a huge factor, or you got this master game plan? I'd say we have a more of a macro look on it uh, than, than one or two games, wins or losses. Uh, and, I, again, our, our team is situated differently this year where we don't uh, – where last year we had, um, you know, prime time free agents that could change uh, organizations, meaning they could go in there and play in their top six and, and, and really help out. This year we're in a little different spot. So uh, I, I don't think, uh, Kipper, uh, and guys, that we're, we're, we're not one player away, let's say trading two first-round picks to get one player. And then someone say, well, geez, that makes them better than uh, Vegas or Dallas. Uh, you have to be realistic in where you're at. But also knowing that, you know, Florida made it to the final last year. Like, crazy things happen when you get to the playoffs. Uh, L.A. won, won uh, two championships coming from the seventh and eighth seed. You'd rather be higher up in the in the food chain. And, and obviously the better teams are going to be favored to win. But I don't think there's a trade we can make right now that's going to have the hockey world say, wow, they're, they're certainly now better than the top three or four teams in the league. So we're not going to be spending uh, future assets on on short-term solutions. Doug, I want to ask you a bit about like toughness, uh, just not fighting toughness, but just you know physical play from your core guys. You know, we, we cover the Toronto Maple Leafs a lot. They're, the guys who play the most are not the heaviest guys. It's Mitch Marner and Nylander and whatever. They're not an angry physical bunch. And I look at the way you've built your team, and I see a lot of Braden Shen and you know Kevin Hayes and Sammy Blaze and the, you know sort of these guys that are talented, skilled guys, but not physical. Do you think it's possible? For a team to surround a core with enough sort of physicality that a team can get through the playoffs. You know, here in Toronto, you're trying people are trying to figure out, you know, can you do it when your core guys themselves are not a gritty bunch? 
Well, I, I disagree that they're not gritty. They're not, they're not gritty, they're, but they're gritty in competitive areas to score goals. They're mm-hmm. gritty in certain ways. Uh, so, but I, I think the Leafs certainly have a great core, and uh, um, I think they're, they're, they've been close to being favorites to win rounds. They, they, haven't get it, they haven't gotten it done. There's different things that happen. But I think that you have to stay consistent to who you are and what you believe in. And one of the reasons that we built our team like that is because, you know, to get Austin Matthews, you know, you, it's not you're not getting 112 points and getting Austin Matthews. You're getting like 60, <laughs> and so you 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 have to. So we built our team more on on the strength of the whole group because we didn't have those superstar top end players. I think if you have a chance to get those super superstar top end players, you probably build your team a little bit differently. So I, I know that. From the outside looking in, the, the Leafs have, have you know bringing O'Reilly last year, bringing Achari. They they they've they've gone about trying to address that, and um, I think the the thing that Bob Gainey taught me about managing in the NHL is that you never know when your 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 time is going to come, so you just got to go to the dance every year. You just got to go to the dance every year, and maybe the year that, that people aren't expecting a lot from a certain organization, they'll, they'll win it all. But if if you're not there, I guarantee you, you're not going to win. So. Uh, uh, that's a strange way to answer your question, but I, yeah. I, I, I don't think you, sh- you should try and become somebody who you're not. Army, last week uh, we heard USA Hockey announce Bill Guerin as the GM of the Olympics and Four Nations face-off team. So when's Hockey Canada going to announce you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a better question for Hockey Canada. <laughs> no, it, it's a... Uh, uh, I've always always enjoyed working for Team Canada in any capacity, and uh, there's so many great people involved with, with Team Canada on and off the ice that uh, I, I'm sure when they want to make their decision, they'll make it. And uh, I, the way I look at it, Kipper, I'm in a great spot either way. If I, I get to help out in any way, I'll go, and if not, I'll be down in Naples at a little pub having a beer watching all the games. So that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you definitely want the job if they're interested, correct? I, I certainly want to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want the job. If if they think I can help out, I'll, I, I, I'd love, I've never said no to them and I never would. I think just, I just enjoy being around the best on best. And it's not, obviously you want to win you, uh, but what I, what I get out of it more is, is learning from, from some of the best in the league. Like the people I've had an opportunity to work with on the coaching staff and management staff have made me so much better at the job I do every day. So I'd look at it selfishly. It's not to, to, to go and, and you, you obviously go to want to win, but it, the information that you pick up and the friendships that you gain and the, and the knowledge that you gain is, is so valuable that it, as long as you're learning, I think you're moving ahead. And, and uh, Team Canada always, always gave me an opportunity to learn. Great stuff, uh, Army. We really appreciate your time. Wish you the best of luck. Uh, and thanks for coming on our show. Yeah, thanks so much. Guys, always enjoy talking to you. Take care. All the best. Yeah, All right. So Doug Armstrong. President of Hockey Ops and General Manager for the St. Louis Blues, Stanley Cup champion. But would you put Connor Bedard on the first line? And what do you think? Barzal, Marner, <laughs> and also I have yeah. a thousand Canada questions. Yeah. I don't he's, know. He like, sounded excited about the pub in Naples, boy. He's not going to lie. <laughs> he's like, to you on the job. He's like, ah. Where's Hockey Canada right now? Like, like are they... Do you, oh, no, no, they're busy. I, no, but they, they, there's a tournament going on. I know, I know. Like, the USA team announced something. That, yeah. Right? I, I think they probably should just lay low in terms of making positive announcements and stuff. I don't think it's a good time for them right now. No, I know. But really I mean, don't. to Kip's point, like some, there's a job to be done. There's and someone's a job. Do yeah, and yeah not... that's right. But you're, you're still paid to do a job, but you don't think, is that a paid job? 
I, I don't mean hockey, hockey Canada, like Doug or whatever. They wouldn't pay you for that, would they? No, no. That would be a volunteer of Doug's time, I yes, think, to yeah. go and. But someone's right. getting paid yeah, to, to make those, those decisions. decisions. Correct. Yeah. Right. So, do you think they maybe have already talked to? Him? I don't know. They. Yeah, they've they've got to be talking about this tournament, and they got to be talking about who's going to lead the charge. Uh, the Olympics. Well, coming. it was going to be Doug at the Olympics. Yep. Right. That was he was the the guy for twenty four. And Cooper was going to be the coach. Is that still the case? Let's go. You know, the one thing that bothers me though is that you got a lot of things that bother. Yeah, you. I know, but this is bothering me. Is that this that the that the 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 team the two thousand and eighteen team the whole team remains suspended still. Mm-hmm. So not by NHL rules, but Hockey Canada. But mm-hmm. Hockey Canada, their member Daly and Bettman are, were saying that they would make the decision. They so specifically it's not a, got asked about this at yeah. the press conference that I was at. That it's this and, is not a Hockey Canada sanctioned event. It's an NHL PA. No, I, I know event. that. Yeah. but I, I'm just saying I don't believe that a guy like Kilma Carr should still be suspended indefinitely oh. if he's come out yeah. and he said. I have. I wasn't there. I had nothing to do with this, unless you have. Charge of that. Unless you have, like, real evidence against me. Mm. All you're doing is just putting me with. You're painting me with the same brush here. It's very true. And the I weird don't state like of it limbo at all. And I got nothing to do. Yes, with this. I've got nothing to do with it. Yeah. I've said it. I've talked to all the. Unless I'm being charged, mm. get me off that list. Yeah. No, yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. And like, that's and for I'm, a list of guys. If I'm Kale McCarter or, you know, I, I want, I'm, I'm demanding Hockey Canada to take me off that list tomorrow or I will never play with you for you ever again. That's it. And, yeah. and an apology, an apology too. Public apology for putting me on that list still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are those guys, like, oh, the fact finding's done. Why are we still have a list of these kids exactly. who have nothing to do with it? Exactly. So what, you no. can just continue to kind of drag me into that? Yeah. No, not fair. No, not that's fair. A, that's a good point. thought about that, but it's true. Yeah. So we will see uh, when Hockey Canada decides to make a decision on that, presumably not too so far down the road. Is Cooper still the coach? Yeah, Tampa Bay's on a tear. The best best team yeah. in the league lately, aren't they? Okay. Your favorite team? Your favorite coach? Yeah. Coop. Be tough for me. So what did you think of uh, Doug Armstrong's uh, answer to, you know, changing a coach? He just... It's just time, right? You just know. He's he's just a hockey man through and through, though, Doug Armstrong. Like, yeah. There's not many guys in the league I would trust their feel more on things than that guy. Very true. And, and he, also, yeah, he's thoughtful but still tough. You know, yeah. he made hard decisions when he's had to. Mm-hmm. we got a lot of respect for Doug Armstrong. and Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a situation here with Sheldon Keefe that, you know, there's, there's the people that think it's a coaching problem – Others say no, he's fine, but it's a it's a lack of depth or talent uh, on the blue line. That's the or inconsistent goaltending. Yeah, I tried to ask questions with the Toronto Maple Leafs in mind, and that was why I asked if he believes. Yeah, that's I know, all we do. I know. So, uh, <laughs> that's the fishing. <laughs> you know, if you believe a coach can change, if you believe a coach can become a hard ass all of a sudden, or a you know change the structure, or are you who you are, and I kind of believe that for it to work, you have to be true to yourself and authentic, and players will see through if you're not. Yeah. So I, I think it's hard for a coach to suddenly, you know, you've said, like, you know, accountability and whatever. Well, I, I'm, I'm really interesting, uh, interested tonight to see 
how Sheldon can get these guys to tighten up with the absence of Morgan Riley tonight? Or are they just going to kind of blow the zone and try to get a 2 nothing lead and outgun them? I'm betting on the Leafs tonight. These are their spots where, where they feel nervous about their situation and all of a sudden they give you a performance. If they don't, I'd be real worried. But yeah, no, that is something to watch for for sure. Yeah. What kind of two-way play do you get? This is on a this is a shaky. It's just shaky for me right now. Everything You're not I'm, feeling it, it tonight my, either. I'll tell you what. I'm, I, just not feeling, I'm actually not worried with Lisa. I'm worried about the goaltending. I'm I'm worried, I'm worried about everything. Sammy's gonna go poop the crease. I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the bottom half of this lineup, looking at this decor. I'm looking at the goaltending. I'm like, this team is far from being really good. They are. Listen, the, it's Legison, not close to I'm the happy Legison's back they've in consistently. Got, They've got some holes to plug on that blue line. That has to be the number one priority. And you just roll the dice. (laughs) Do it then. On Joseph Wall and Samsonov. Then do it on the D thing. Like, you know, he talked about how Bennington was exposed by them giving up the most high danger chances. Well, how do you think Samsonov and crew has felt this year? Help them out a little. There's lots of rumors out there about, you know, Saros and Markstrom. It's like, just for sure the Leafs shouldn't be in on that. It's just a... Waste of assets. Well, we're, we'll not find a waste, out. A waste of assets. No, 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 not a waste, yeah. but it, the cost would be huge. We're going to find uh, more out at the top of the hour. We're going to welcome in our Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, 32 Thoughts, and we're going to get into all those juicy rumors. We're just going to ask Elliot how many games Riley got until he knows over and over and over. I feel bad because I asked Elliot this morning. I'm like, hey, could you come on today? And He's a busy guy. He goes on the radio every single day. And I'm like, can you come on and react to the... The Riley news. The and good we thing, haven't got the Riley news. The, the good thing, like, we've had mild weather, so we're not getting Elliot when he's shoveling or eating or drinking. <laughs> so he only or, eats in the cold? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, he's really calmed down in that part. No comment. It's taken, like, 30 years for him, but he's now doing interviews for us. No comment. And not eating, which is really good. No comment. All right. <laughs> I abstain. <laughs> All right. Thanks to Doug Armstrong, general manager, president of the St. Louis Blues, as they get set to battle the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. In the first of how many without Morgan Riley? We wait and wait. And as we said, top of the hour, Elliot Friedman next. Don't go away.